Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, amazing love, amazing grace. That Father, you should die for us. That you should redeem us. That you should rescue us from a place we had no ability. Father, I pray that as we gather now, Father, in the glorious, the, just the gloriousness of this day, and Father, we focus upon you. Focus upon your righteousness and your kingdom. Father, and understand the privilege of being heirs. And Father, I ask that now as you have laid this upon my heart, that Father, we would embrace and understand just a little more the resurrection. To you, my Lord. In Christ's name, amen. We're going to take a break from um, our study of 1 Corinthians because of the resurrection and because uh, of numerous things. But as I was, if you listen to Christian radio or other teachers or whatever's going on, you know, people were getting up at sunrise this morning and, and doing whatever and all that was happening. And, and I, hey, I, I don't fault them people that they want to do that. Go do it. Um, but there is an emphasis this day on, on this holiday. I would argue that what we're celebrating today is the single greatest event to the existence of mankind. Okay? Uh, I believe it is more important than his birth, though he did need to be born. Um, I'll give you that. But the truth of the matter is, had he stayed in the ground, what happens? What happens? And that's, when we think about that, you know, I, you can go theologically and say, well, uh, that means that the, the sacrifice was accepted. That means that, you know, that God honored it. That means that this happened and this happened. And there, there is the birth of the church for the resurrection. And here's what's going to happen. And it got to 12. They all became rock solid, which is not really true. But, you know, you can go through the whole, uh, what is that word, cacophony of understanding all right, and, and I just listened to it, and I, I agree, absolutely, absolutely. But you know what we miss? Revelations chapter 5. We've missed this. We think about his resurrection, but we think about Easter bunnies and chocolate, and we're going to have ham. Have you ever wondered why you have ham on Easter? Okay. You know that Peter and him did not grab a, a ham and get after it when they seen him in the upper room. Right? But I, I just, I don't know, it's just something I thought about is that, you know, we Gentiles are still grabbing ham and poor Peter's going, I can't believe it. There is so much that can be said about the resurrection. Uh, the resurrection proves his deity. Had there still been a body, his enemies would have produced it. Correct? Um, his disciples carried it off. Well, I got news for you. When they arrested him, they wouldn't fight for him. So they're going to fight for a corpse? I'm thinking no. 
All right. Well, we think that he swooned. I've heard that one, that he swooned, that he didn't really die on the cross, and that in the coolness of the the, the tomb, uh, he, he awoke, and he walked out with the arches of his feet being pierced by what? And his wrists were pierced and beaten and bloody, and he rolled that stone away by himself. Okay, I believe the argument on that is that logic has left the building. Uh, and and I, I see this and I hear this a lot. Uh, and we want to make, you know, you can get into the resurrection. I'll be honest with you, 20 years ago, um, I was very upset with God. Um, and 20 years ago, I concluded that if I could find a contradiction in the scriptures, to show you how spiritual I am, then I can throw this book away. And I don't have to be bothered with it. 20 years ago, I figured the easiest place to find a contradiction would be the resurrection. Don't worry, I'm still looking. And I'll keep looking. All right. Let's read Revelations 5. Uh, Let me first of all give you what has happened. John's on the island of Patmos for the preaching of the gospel, he's in isolation. And the Lord has come to him and dictated to him seven letters to seven churches. And then it's taken him to a place that he can't comprehend. Okay, it's about 90 A.D., which is about 60 years after the resurrection. And uh, this is what John writes down, beginning in verse 1. I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out unto all the earth. And he came and he took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which is the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals. You were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. 
and the living creatures and the elders. And a number of them were myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. That is the resurrection. Please get a hold of that. It isn't what you're celebrating. Guess what? Tomb's empty. It's empty. He's not there. There's no bones. I was watching a thing that, you know, the Vatican in Rome. You know why it's built where it is? When I was in Israel last year, everywhere there's something important happened, they built a church. I mean, everywhere. And then you have the Greek Orthodox. They always said that the Roman Catholics were wrong, so they built one across the parking lot. Okay? The Vatican was built because they claimed that is the burial site of Peter. Not only that, guess what? They dug up this hole and they found these bunch of bones and they said, look, see, told you. That's why the Vatican is where it's at. Why? On this, no, bag of bones. <laughs> we will build our church. <laughs> Sorry, I know. <laughs> okay. Because they got a little picture here. It's the first time ever seen these pictures of what? Peter's bones. How do you know those are Peter's bones? Because that's what they said. We've got John the Baptist. Did you know that? They have his body there. You know how they know it's John the Baptist? It doesn't have a head. So it's John the Baptist. Great idea. Listen, you can't do that with Jesus. We got no bones. We got no body. We got no grave. We don't have anything. Do you know that we of this faith are the only ones who claim that our founder rose from the dead? Did you know that? He got up. You know how to prove it? Show me the body. Because I've seen humans. We will worship squirrels in the attics of offices. Okay? Do you understand that? Do you understand why? Let me take you to a picture here. There was a scroll... It was a book, and it was written on front and back, and it was rolled with seven seals. That is a picture that John understood completely. Do you know what it was? When you had a deed, a title for a piece of property, a business, as you made the legal description, as you made who would get it and who would parcel it out, with each page you would roll it over and you would take your seal in wax and you'd stamp it. Then you'd take the next page and you'd roll it around and you'd stamp it. And you'd take the next page and you'd roll it around and you'd stamp it. And the person who was had the heir or had the right to that scroll, to that deed, is the one who was allowed to open it. And it could not be opened except by the person who had been left it. See the picture in five? He who sits on the throne. Who? In his right hand he had what? 
a book, and it was written where? Front and back, and it was sealed. And he says, who is allowed to take this title deed? Who can take this title deed? And all of heaven said, there's no one worthy. And then I looked and I seen what? A lamb as if it had been slain. Had been slain. Do you ever think about that? And he's allowed to open it. Now we always think about it. Well, it's got the seven seals and that's the horseman and da 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 da. You know what? You missed it. You completely missed it. Because the resurrection says someone is now allowed to take possession of creation. And only he is allowed to begin the judgment. Now, we look at the book of Revelations and we say, oh, that's awful. That's just some bad stuff going down there. That's serious. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You can bet on that. You can bet on that. But let me ask you a question. Who has the right? The one who overcame death. The one who overcame death. He put an end to death. Did you know that? It's done. It's all over. Well, I know people are dying. Yeah, I do too. They say that there's almost 1,500 people a day in America who die of murder. Did you know that? But I want you to think about something. That person is only stepping into immortality. Do you know that the day, the Sunday after Christmas, 150,000 souls stepped into eternity just like that? Just like that. 150 souls stepped up and said, He is worthy to open the scroll. Let me tell you, they did say that. They may not have been real happy about it, but they don't get the option in it. Because Philippians tells you what? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Why? Because the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Now I want to come back to this text. So you can keep your finger in there. But I need to talk to you today because we all come on Sunday to worship. But we all come on that special Sunday to think about the resurrection. But have you ever thought about the resurrection on the fact that God said that one is worthy to take the title deed of creation? Creation is His. And He is allowed to open it. Why? He died and He rose again. He overcame Death. Death no longer has a sting. Death no longer has a problem. We're getting inundated with it, aren't we? This thing with this young lady in Florida. Huh? Let me tell you something. If she's saved, why do we want her here? Have you ever thought about that? But what are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? You're focusing on death, and yet the tomb is empty. It's empty. 
Death no longer has mastery over us. Did you know that death was the tool of your arch enemy? Why? He can make you fearful of it. I'm afraid to. And you tell me you ain't good at it? Well, look at what we do to our bodies to try to make them live longer. Eat this, don't eat that, run up the hill, run downhill, step up on this, do this, bend yourself this way, exercise this way, eat this, don't... Listen, I've watched them people, that looks awful. I prolong to eat carrots. I don't want to eat carrots. It says that the the world is His and I am to give thanks and what? Eat! What? All of it! But what's what we do? We're afraid of death. And I've seen it. I have been involved with a numerous people here uh, that have God has taken on the glory. I've seen some in a state of panic. I've seen some saying, man, I am glad. I remember Henry Puyntek. Some of you remember Henry. Some of you don't. And I had the great privilege. Henry was a survivor of the Bataan Death March. And when he was in in the walk, he knew that they would take his Bible away from him at best or the the tropic heat and humidity would cause the pages to just fall apart and it would be lost. And he said, if I need to memorize Scripture, so what should I memorize to exalt Jesus for however long I'm going to be in captivity? He memorized the book of Psalms. Henry died at 86 years old. And if you read a Psalm, he'd tell you what chapter. Just read it. He'd tell you what chapter at 86 years old. As he was preparing to see his Savior and his Lord, I had the privilege, his, his son had asked me to come, that dad was near death, and he says, come. And so I could touch Henry's hand and he would smile a little bit. And I said, Henry, I only know one thing. What's that? And he just kind of acknowledged you and he'd look at you. He'd just look at you with his eyes. And I said, I shall read you the book of Psalms. And I sat down and read the book of Psalms. And when I concluded the book of Psalms, his faith became sight. That quick. Book of Psalms are nothing but praises to God. And he left this world with the praises of God. Where was Henry's hope? Sure wasn't here. I mean, he, he, he'd tell you. He said, I still hate, I ain't buying no Japanese car. <laughs> and I said, amen, brother. <laughs> That's not true. I had a little Nissan pickup, and I was taking him a couple of times to the hospital, and he would not ride in my car. <laughs> we'll drive my car. You can drive my car. You ain't driving. Well, That's all right, Henry. We'll take it. We'll drive American. All right. And he says, you know, it's just hard for me to forgive them. I said, don't worry about it. That's Jesus' job. Okay? I want you to think about something here. At the conclusion of a letter of prophecy in Daniel, chapter 12, verse 4, here's what God tells Daniel. And there's a lot has happened up into this, but chapter, four is, or chapter 12, verse 4 is what he says. But for you, Daniel, conceal. You know what that means, right? Hide these things. Hide the words and seal up the book until the end time. And then he says, many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Okay, let me share with you some things about that. All right? Did you know that 3,000 years ago, King David hired some wooden ships that were driven by the wind to bring a special wood for the building of the temple? Did you know that? 
Okay, but the ships were moved by the wind. Did you know that 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul cruised around the Roman world? He did it by foot, he did it by horse, but do you know that he did ships too? Do you know how those ships were moved? By the wind. Did you know that 500 years ago, Christopher Columbus wanted to find a shortcut to China and he got in some ships? Do you know what the mode of transportation moved those ships? Same energy that King David used to get wood. Did you know that? Did you know that 200 years ago, actually 250 years ago, Ben Franklin walked down a dock and got on a ship to go to Europe as an ambassador? Do you know what the energy source 250 years ago was to get his ship to Europe? The same energy that King David used. Did you know that a hundred years ago they came up with steam engine and a steam engine was put into a train and into a ship? In that same hundred years you see a thing called a car and you see a thing called an airplane. You know, tomorrow... I will take from Colorado Springs 44 minutes to get from Colorado Springs to Denver. 44 minutes. And you guys are rushing through T-Rex. I will then catch a plane and go from Denver to Chicago. Okay? It'll take me an hour and 67 minutes, something like that, I think is what they said. I will get on another plane and I will leave Chicago and go to London, England in 11 hours. Tell me, that wouldn't freak old Ben Franklin out. How did that happen? Daniel said, God told Daniel there's going to come a time when men will be going where? To and fro, to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. And it's very commonplace. Has that happened? You know, I think, and I look in this room right now, and I think, how many people grew up here in Castle Rock, Colorado, born, raised in multiple generations, your aunts, your uncles, and your cousins are all hanging out? How many in this room are doing that? Stephanie has... Uh, my secretary, she's on vacation right now. But other than that, I don't know anybody. Most of the people in this room were born where? Some of us in other states. All right? I grew up, all of my relatives were within, I mean, the farthest relative I had was about 100 miles. But now we go where? To and fro. Where? Anywhere and everywhere. How hard is it? It's not hard at all. 
It's not hard at all. Do you know what was mind-boggling to me? Coming back, I'm going to fly from Frankfurt, Germany to Denver, Colorado. And it's faster than Chicago to London. And I don't even want to think about that real hard. Because I'm thinking, that's just not right. (laughs) But I know how it works. They go high on the hemisphere. Instead of going straight around, you go up and over. Okay? So it's closer. Okay? It just means if you crash, he's all going to land on his eyes. (laughs) That's exciting. Okay? But do you understand that? Because, see, we always sit around. Ask yourself about knowledge. Has knowledge increased? My great-grandfather lived to be 102 years old. 102 years old. John Henry was his name. And he just died because it, it wore out. I mean, it's sort of like my truck. My truck has a quarter of a million miles on it. And, and, and sometimes it has groanings that only the Spirit can discern. And that's the way my great-grandfather was towards the end. And I asked him, I remember one time on his 100th birthday, I asked him, I said, what in your 100th birthday, what, what sticks out in your mind? He said, you know, where I grew up is in southern Ohio. And he said, I got a ticket for rearing a horse. And I said, what? He says, I think you call it popping a wheelie. <laughs> but he, got a, he was in Miamisburg, Ohio, and had reared his horse, was showing off, and he got a ticket for rearing his horse. And he said, and I seen man walk on the moon. Think about that. Think about that. Think about what you've seen in your life. You've seen a lot. Seen a lot of changes. I mean, you know that they can open up your chest right now, stop your heart, put you on a machine that keeps your blood going, put in a new heart, close you back up and smile at you? Now, you don't smile back, but... <laughs> right? Now think about it. You ever thought about that? I mean, I don't want it to happen, but you can do it. We can take somebody else's eyes and stick them in somebody else's head, and now you can see. You ever thought about that? Daniel was told by God, as the end of the time comes, what will happen? Knowledge is going to increase and people are just going to be all over the place. What do you think? What do you think? Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul is writing a church... First and Second Thessalonians are the Apostle Paul's very first letters. They are the oldest letters of the New Testament. And he, he commends these people in verse 3. He says, Constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and your labor of love, a steadfast hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Let me ask you a question right now. What is your hope in? I know you're all here today and you're all going to say it's Jesus and it's the Bible and stuff like that. But I really want to know, when you walk out of here and you get stuck in something, where do you put your hope? Because Paul commends this church because of a work of faith. It literally means they had a faith that was visible. What I believe in, you see. 
They had a labor of love, and that labor of love was a, it's a, the word labor there is a veterinary term in the original language, and it literally means when a horse would strain its muscle and come up lame, it had it stretched itself so much that that muscle had torn and needed to be rested. And he says, you have a love that literally exhausts itself. But he says, you also have a hope. You have a hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about that for a second because at verse 10, verse 9, he says, They themselves report about us and what kind of receptions we had with you and how you turned to God from idols. We looked at idols, haven't we? To serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. Who rescues us from the wrath to come. You get that picture? I'm going to go back to Revelations 5, but I want you to think about something here. This is the first church that he writes a letter to. All right? And he says, you know what? What you guys are doing is only miraculous. To have faith, hope, and love. And in, to the degree that, you, that it's seen. And everybody's talking about it. He says all of the Greek peninsula knows about your faith. Now let me tell you something. They couldn't turn on uh, you know, uh, Angel Star One satellite TV and see the preaching at the first church of Thessalonica. How did all the saints know what was going on? They heard word of mouth. What happened? An awful place. Quarter of a million people had a military garrison in a harbor. Anybody ever lived around a military base? Have you ever been around the shipyards? Things ain't changed. Okay? They haven't changed. And yet, in the middle of that awful place, God raised up saints. He raised up saints that had a faith that everybody could look at and say, Did you see that? They had a love where they were literally willing to inflict pain upon themselves for the sake of another. And they had a hope. Because, see, you can do those first two, but where's your hope? This is a persecuted church. And he says this because they had a hope because they're waiting for his son. And all the saints in Christendom at the time of the writing of this late 50s A.D. had heard what was going on in the church in Thessalonica. They had a hope. Jesus who's going to come from heaven, who was raised from the dead, who rescues us from the wrath to come. Let me share with you something. The Sunday after Easter, we had the tsunami. There was an earthquake. Christmas, yeah. That means tomorrow we'll have one. Okay. That's all right. I'll be in the air. I don't mind. The ground can shake all at once while I'm flying. (laughs) I don't don't want to stand on it. After Christmas, there was an earthquake that lasted three minutes. Okay? In that earthquake, 150,000 people died or in the wave that came out of that earthquake. Okay? What's your hope in? Because the book of Revelation says, in the last three and a half years, in the last 42 months of time, Half of the world population must die. Why? Who owns it? Who's taken the title deed? 
Half the world population must die in the last 42 months of man. Did you know that? Now, when we think about what happened in Indonesia, that's a lot of people, isn't it? 150,000 people in the moving of a wave. You know how many people are on the planet Earth right now? Six billion and growing. In 42 months, three billion people have to die. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. You know, if you had a tsunami a day for 42 months, you can't get 3 billion people? Do you know that? You end up 200 million. They're just short of 200 million. Do you know that? If God wished to judge the world with tsunamis in that last three and a half years, there would have to be a tsunami every hour for 16 hours a day for three and a half years. To get three billion people. Daniel says, seal it up until there is an increase of Knowledge and going to and fro. What is your hope in? Today is the single greatest day that we're celebrating known to mankind. Because you know what? Death died today. Did you know that? Yes, i got to get rid of this body. Let's be realistic about it. You who are younger, you like your body. As you progress, guess what? It gets easier to forsake it, doesn't it? Right? I mean, you get up on days and think, golly, this thing is not functioning. Isn't it? But as you put your hope in what? I put my hope in the Lamb of God who in His hand has the title deed of existence. It's all His. Did you know that's what Easter Sunday is? Yes, I like the lilies. That's so cool. Okay. I shared with you last week. I can't grow flowers. I look at them. I talk to them. They die. Okay. That's why I love flowers. All right? I, I like it. You know, I, I used to like chocolate for, for that, but God broke me of that. It's not my fault. I like the, the holiday, but do you ever really understand and grasp what you're celebrating? He had the book. He had the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And you know what they did? They sang a new song. They sang a celebration. Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals. For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So I remember when we were looking at Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, where he says, You are not your own, you have been purchased with a 
price. You have made them who? Those you have been purchased. You are what? A kingdom of priests and God. You will reign upon the earth. Think about that, brothers and sisters. You really got to grab this. I can't expound all this. I can't grab all this. I'm still trying to figure out when I see him face to face, what, what do you do when you're standing only in a place that is sinless? Sin does not exist anymore. I don't understand that at all. But here's the thing I do understand. Every single human being ever born of man and woman gets a gift. Do you know what that gift is? It's a resurrected body. It's a body that cannot die. It is a vessel that is created by God, not from the dirt, but from the celestial home. Some of those people will take that body and they're going to go to a place of eternal torment. And then some of us are going to be put into a place in our eternal bodies where now we can worship in spirit and truth and never ever have to deal with our sin. But you know what will always be there? You will always look at the Lamb of God and you're going to see a scar on His wrist, on His feet, and on His side. And it is there eternal. Because He paid the price. He paid the price. So that you can live in holy perfection and purity. Yeah. There's a lot of people dying every day. A lot of people are stepping into eternity. A lot of people are stepping in and you know what? They're seeing the Lamb of God. Some are scared to death when they see Him. And rightly so. Some will be scared and they will hear this come from Him. Well done, true, faithful servant. And yet he's the one with the scars. He's the one with the scars. Do you understand that's Easter? That's Easter. You know why there is no body? It's at the right hand of God the Father. The throne room of heaven. I believe with the scroll in his hand. I believe that we're that close. He's got the scroll in his hand. And God says, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to my son. You understand that? That's Easter. Shake all the rest of it out. Shake all the rest of it out. Can we have the Ten Commandments here? Can we put the Ten Commandments in school? What am I going to do for my degree? What am I going to do when I grow up? I don't, still don't know what I'm going to do. What's going to happen in life? What about the stock market? What about this? What's going to happen to that young lady in Florida? Why doesn't the governor do this? What about the war in Iraq? What about this? What about that? You know what? It's, it's nothing. It is right on schedule. It's walking out and there is a time when the, God the Father will say... Go get them. Go get them. And, and you can watch the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, and you find all the spiritual truths that are out there that's full of bunk. It's full of bunk. Because you know what? When he makes his second appearance, 
nobody's going to debate it. They're going to try. But he already told them, if you want to debate me, why don't you go up there in the valley of Megiddo? And I'll meet you there. And we'll discuss this thing. That's Easter, people. That's Easter. Why? That is the greatest single event that will ever happen in your life. Why? Death doesn't have power over us. None whatsoever. And yet His body will remain scarred for eternity because I will always be able to, and so will you, you will always be able to look at Him and understand what was paid for your redemption. For your redemption. powerful it's powerful when you leave this place this day I'll ask you but one question what is your hope in legalists can fake faith they can fake love you can tell them they got their foreheads are all wrinkled up they're all mad because they're loving so hard okay but you know what I can see what your hope is in. And if I can see it, guess who else sees the heart? Because it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see what people put their hope in. My hope is in that empty tomb. My hope is in He who's at the right hand of God the Father. And He has the right to take the title deed of existence. And He has the right to do with it as He wishes. Any time, any moment. And we are but His children. Brothers and sisters, that's the resurrection. That's the resurrection. I'm into it. I mean, I'm digging. I mean, we, we met Friday night and had Passover, and all I did was read his last night. Last night, we came together and had a movie on the Gospel of John, and I left before the end of it because I know how it ended. And so you know what we did today? We went and looked in heaven. Here's what's going on in heaven. And all we're doing is waiting for him to redeem us. That's it. It's all done. So each of us who are saved this day should be single-minded in our hope and our focus. You know what it is? Busy about my Father's work. Busy about my Father's work. Whether I eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. If I'm in the workplace, I should be the best employee ever. Why? Jesus Christ gave me this job to manifest Him right here in this workplace. Everything should be about the focus of Christ. Why? It's simple. I mean, seek first His kingdom, His righteousness. What happens? All things are added to me. What's all things? Well, all things. That's where your hope's at. I love you people. You have a very dear place in my heart. Every single one of you. You mean... You mean more than my life. 
you don't mean as much as my Savior and my Jesus. And that's what we're about. If you spend any time with me at all, you'll know where my hope is. Because I spent way too many years hopeless. That's what the bride of Christ is. Why? We're going to catch him in the clouds. Okay? I'll close with this thought. People ask me, he says, are you afraid of about flying and all the rest of it. I said, you know what? If God wants to take me home, He'll hit me in the head with an airplane, whether I'm on it or not. So I'll be leaving in a few days or in the morning. But I will share with you this. If something does happen to me, I'm just going to get a plane air ride. It's that simple. Instead of an airplane ride. There's no worries. Why? Where's your hope? I'm thinking it'll be fun. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you guys still stuck here ain't going to like it, but I'm going to be rocking and rolling. <laughs> All right? That's the resurrection, people. Death is now dead for we who believe. Let's pray. Father, I just give you the praise for your word. Thank you for my brother John on the island of Patmos and what you did with him. Father, I thank you for my brother Daniel when he was given so much that he didn't even know how to, how to understand it. Father, I thank you for my brother Paul who set a path before us even this day to follow him for he is but an imitator of Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Tomb is empty. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've taken the deed of creation and you own it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for these precious people. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your body, your church. Father, may we each be faithful to love without hypocrisy, to love as family, and let that love cover a multitude of sin. And let it be solely and wholly done in your power, your strength, and your wisdom. I love you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen.